0: Podcast. My name is Yaron Levy. I'm a member of the Security Committee for over 10 years. With me here is my co-host, Jeff Snyder, who is an executive coach and a security recruiter since 1997. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you. to start with sharing why we decided to embark on this podcast. As an active member of the community and as a CISO, I hear a lot of complaints both from the CISOs and the companies they work for. From the company side, I hear executives complain that CISOs don't know how to communicate, usually say no, don't understand the business, and often lack executive presence. From my CISO friends, I hear, we don't have a seat at the table, the expectations from us are completely non-realistic, we don't have the support we need, we're frustrated and we're burning out. There are many security podcasts and articles out there that focus on the daily security topics, but they rarely address the human side of security leadership. Jeff, as part of your job, you've been talking to businesses and with CISOs and security professionals for a very long time. What is your perspective? If you simply look at a a security job description,
1: um, and, and you can go do this yourself, from a director up to a CISO, most of those jobs are displaying half people skills, half technology, risk, compliance, privacy, whatever whatever the, the subject matter expertise is. But who's training security professionals for all those people skills that the business is requiring?
0: What are the skills that you have found that CISOs or security professionals lack the most? Effective
1: communication. So let's break that down into some pieces. Uh, With communication, people are looking for, and this is coming straight out of job descriptions, excellent or superb or outstanding verbal communication, uh, superb or excellent or outstanding written communication, collaboration, teamwork, team building, people who can develop and inspire other people. That's leadership. Um, those are some of those, uh, those skills that I just wonder, where are people getting the, the training or the polishing
0: for those skills? I, I hear many people who say, well, I know how to communicate, or well, why do they say that I don't know, I don't understand the business? So is there another problem here that uh, is at the root of this issue? Well, yeah, there is. Um,
1: Everybody can communicate. Notice what I said earlier was effective communication. So there's difference between making noise or sending a text or sending an email and actually getting an appropriate message across. Some people are better at it. Some people are not good at it at all. So it boils down to having accurate, honest, straightforward self-awareness. It's a matter of knowing exactly who you are and precisely who you're not. You are somebody and you're not somebody. I am somebody and I
0: also have things that I'm not. So I hear, you know, a lot of people talk about, hey, yeah, I see a job description and I read through the job description or whatever the companies are, are asking for. And I'm like, yeah, I, I can do that, no problem. But still you see when people are getting to the job, they struggle. Some things they do better, some things they don't do as well. Right. But why is that? Well, I, I think most people go through their entire life
1: settling for what they can do. The higher someone's IQ, this this is my observation, um, the smarter they are, the more they think they can do. And they're right. They can. When you spend your time working on things that you can do, it takes exponentially more energy than working on things that you really should do. So the list of things that you can do might be, you know, might be this high. The list of things that you really should do looks more like this. So research has proven that when you when you focus in on what you should do, the things that you are absolutely gifted to be great at, you, you can go create a great performance over and over and over. It takes less effort. I mean, I think I know what I can do. How do I know what I should do? Well, you know what, I'm gonna flip that one back to you. Um, Why did you at one point come to me looking for an answer to that question and what have we discovered?
0: What have you discovered? Well, so the story actually starts almost 10 years ago, earlier in in my security career. I remember we had a conversation about a job opportunity that you, you had at that time. you were looking for a person at that time. Right. And when you asked me to talk about myself and tell you my, you know, my experience and, and what I'm doing and what I'm looking for. And I described that you asked me the question, is that what you can do or is that what you should do? Did I do that 10 years ago? Years ago?
1: <laughs> you <know what> <laughs> okay.
0: I and, guess and, I've been doing this for a while. right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. and that was like, you know, taking like a, I don't know, like a bucket of cold water and throwing it on somebody, it caught me you know by surprise because I never thought about it. I never thought about what I should do or whether what I can do is exactly what I should do. Okay. And it took me several years to think through that. Um, I think through some self trial and error, trying to do different things, learning different things, failing in different things. I think I got a better sense for probably what I want to do or what I think I should do, but I don't know that I crystallized that completely in my head and got the understanding of what I should do. I can tell you what I can do, that's easy. I, I know from my experience, I know from the things I've done in the past, I know what I like, I know what I don't like. Um, I know the things I can do and I know the things that I absolutely just can't do. But I think it was more difficult for me to, to realize and to understand what I should do. And that's where I started to look more for um, answers and um, reached out to you and say, hey, you asked me that question 10 years ago, can you help me figure out the answer? And I've had ten years to practice getting even better at that,
1: and that's what I help everybody to do. So everybody, um, everybody, has a, a, a capacity to be great at something. That's my belief. That's what I've experienced by uh, using, in this case, the Clifton Strengths Assessment. I've been doing that since 2012. So I have quite a bit of experience walking people through. I, I can look at that assessment for seconds when someone sends it to me, and I know exactly who I'm about to talk to. They may not know who, they're, who, who they are that's going to talk to me, but I can look at them and say, okay, this is how you think. This is how you... Uh, Communicate. This is how often you communicate. This is how you go about solving problems. I did this just yesterday with a, a, a client, and he said, man, when I talk to you, it, it's like we've known each other for 10 years. You, you just seem to be a step ahead of me. And it's almost like you know what I'm about to say. And I, and I said, well, I, I do. Well, how do you do that? Well, I'm looking at the roadmap. See, I understand his roadmap. I'm I'm working on transferring my understanding to him, so he can own that that clarity and confidence, and turn that outward
0: in his work experience, his relationships, and so on. Well, but you know, oftentimes when when we start our career, um, whether it's like right after high school or whenever we make the decision to go and get a degree or go to college or you know whatever the case may be mm-hmm. we have been forced if you will to make a decision and decide hey i'm going to get a degree in you know computer science or history or math or or political science or you know whatever right right and since then Many of us follow a path that we decided in our late teens, early 20s. Um, Yes, some of us may have taken some turns and twists over time and changed some things, but for the most part, we start on a path and we stick with it. And we are maybe. Better at it. Some of us worse at it, but you know, we we go through life and and we do it, and I think we prove ourselves that for the most part we can with training, with effort. I mean, we can do that, right? But the question is, like, should we?
1: Well, the the, the question that I would throw back at you, because you know, I do that all the time, right? Is uh, what are your values? What matters to you? Do you want to be proficient at what you do? Do you want to be excellent at what you do? Or are you content with just getting it, getting it done? So okay. some, some people, some people will strive to reach a higher, you know, higher bar of achievement in whatever they're doing in life. And some people just, just don't do that. Is it achieving at the, at a, A super high level is just not something that's important to them. So where I start all of my clients is I have a couple of worksheets to help people look at their values. What what is important to me? Then what gifts do I have that no one else has? Make sure those things are lined up. Because when you're working out of what really matters to you, and you're working out of the the strengths that you uniquely have,
0: you're unstoppable. Most of us have been told, you know, go to school, get a degree, make sure you have good grades, find a good job, and, and off you go. Right. Are we actually going to be good at our jobs? Can we be good at our jobs doing what we can do? You can be good,
1: but I know you well enough to know that you don't want to be good, you want to be great. So if you want to be great, you have to shed those things that you can do, delegate them, say no to them, get rid of them. Stop, stop saying yes to them, whatever that looks like. And you have to get laser focused on here are the things that I am gifted to be exceptional at. And I've spent the last eight years of my life doing that. Um, I've I've, I've kind of been pushed and forced in that direction for, for a few reasons. But I can tell you that yesterday and the day before and the three days before that, every single person on my calendar that I spoke to was energizing for me and I got feedback from each one of those people. I was energizing and inspiring to them. I'm doing exactly what I was designed to do. And I do nothing, absolutely nothing that I don't have the potential to be really good at. And I'll give you one of those examples. Um, I have not, dealt with or even spoken to the CPA that my company uses since 2001. I've delegated the communication with the CPA to someone else in my company. Uh, I know his name and he knows my name, but we haven't spoken in almost 20 years. All the IRS filings get done, I'm nowhere near it. I don't like that kind of work. And quite frankly, I'm not a detail guy. I'd rather fly at 30,000 feet doing visionary strategic things.
0: So what happens when you don't do what you should do? How does that impact your career when you do the things that you can do? And maybe these are things that you can do, but maybe there are more at the bottom of your list, the things that are more, yeah, you can still do them, but they're not inspiring you, they're not energizing you, what what happens then? Well, you may be able to do something,
1: but if you have this much in your tank, fuel, I mean, doing that thing that isn't your gift may take your, your tank down to this you may lose energy in your battery three or four or five times faster than when you're doing something that you love to do, that you're built to do. So yesterday, I got to 6.30 p.m. I started around 9. I had just as much energy as I had at 9. Because I was doing what what I'm supposed to do, what I should do and with the people that I prefer to work with, who prefer to work with me. It's taken me a while to line all that up, but I'm telling you, when you get rid of what you can't be particularly great at, you're eliminating stress, you're eliminating energy drain, you're eliminating potential burnout. And a lot of people, are working in jobs today that they can do them. They don't have any passion. They don't love what they're doing. They may or may not be particularly great at it. They're producing an average performance for all those reasons. And the, the worst part of all that, if it's really a bad match, it's creating stress. Stress kills.
0: It's not a game. And, and you know, many people listen to that or, and, and they think in their head, you know, it sounds great, but I have a family to feed. I, I'm doing this job, you know, because I need a job. I need a paycheck. I need to be able to support my family. I wish I could do what I love doing. What, what is your suggestion to, suggestion to them?
1: You have to start out with the cornerstone of the foundation who are you, who are you not? Um, it was two years ago, a Harvard Business Review article. Forgive me if I don't get the title just right. I'm not a detail guy. The title was very close to uh, how to work for a boss who lacks self-awareness. I won't spoil the article. You should go read it. But in that article, the article suggested that psychological research shows that less than 10% of people are walking around with accurate, authentic self-awareness. I've set out to change that. So I'll ask you, in the time that you and I have worked together, uh, have I or have I not guided you to become more crystal clear about exactly who you are and who you're not?
0: Absolutely. And I think that's part of the journey of of trying to figure that out and getting a more crystal clear laser focused view on, again, answering the question what I should do versus what I can do. And the sooner in
1: life you you can go through that process and find that clarity, the longer runway you have to go exercise what you can be great at. Um, not to say you can't start later in life. I have a couple of clients right now who are 61 years old. Well, they've had 40 years of work experience. Some of it energizing, some of it draining. I never stopped and thought about why, why, do, why does this energize me? And why does this suck the life out of me? So whether you're 20 or you're 60 or somewhere in between, it's always a good time. Pandemic or not, it doesn't matter. It's always a good time to stop and figure out who am I, who am I not? Then I can show you how to, how to line up who you are with what you choose to do. It's not an overnight flip of a switch. It's a process. It's more like, a excuse me, it's more like a marathon but the, the the end result for many
0: people, in their words, is life-changing. I would agree with that. That has been nothing short of enlightening. And uh, I think you alluded to that earlier, that as much as you think that you know yourself, I think having that perspective and having the understanding or having a better understanding of how are you wired, what your strengths are, and what are the things that you should focus on doing versus the things that you can do and should probably delegate to somewhere else who is better than you at that. Right. Really kind of focusing on those strengths, that's what makes the the big difference. So obviously, I mean, we have a lot to unpack here. So over the next few weeks, we will dedicate 10 to 15 minutes to record each episode and discuss each one of those topics. Excellent. I'll see you next time. Thank you very much. Well.